you know what I'm a big fan of? I'm a big fan of doing the work once and then leveraging that work over and over and over again, which brings us to today's topic. Welcome to Cash In On Camera. We are going to dive into repurposing existing content today. Sally Curtis, all the way from Adelaide, Australia, is here with us to share her three easy tips to doing just that. Sally, so great to have you on the show today. You and I are both from the same, I think, world in terms of like really leveraging the work that you're already doing and then maximizing that, leveraging that to the fullest extent that you can. What is your opinion about repurposing content in the world that we live in right now? Is it something that, you know, you're seeing not enough entrepreneurs doing or can you give me a lay of the land of what you're experiencing on your side? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, you've said my favorite word at least three times, which is leverage. So I'm super excited and getting goosebumps at the thought of that. So the big thing for me is I see so many people get stuck, especially experts, especially those speakers, coaches and consultants that are really starting to make a dent in their universe. They get stuck in this content creation hamster wheel. And we see a lot of people where they become fatigued, but we've also experienced that our own clients have become fatigued over the last few years with COVID and all the changes that are going on. So a real thing that's helping regain people's attention and re-get your community excited is shifting from this very long form content into this bite-sized chunks. And I think that's where repurposing written content like books and articles and blogs into bite-sized, easy to digest, consumable chunks that your clients, audience, community can consume even on their worst day, that being the tip. How much content is too much or is there such a thing? I think that can only really be answered by how much content does your audience consume and how are they consuming it. Obviously in an academic world, they're used to reading white papers and all those sorts of things. So long form content is very normal for them. For the rest of us that are entrepreneurial, that are fast paced, it needs to be easy to consume content that tends to be a little bit shorter because we don't know what's going on in our clients world so i think if you could have a variety of long form short form bite size different types of content then you keep that connection you keep the inspiration and the entertainment so you capture everything so i think all content is good content as long as it's driven from a purposeful place and it's what your audience is needing at the time to give them forward movement yeah and you're right the strategy behind that content creation is something that needs to be there and we're going to go along the assumption that that's already solved right that we already know the strategy we know the audience we know what kind of content we're fast forwarding this conversation out to the place where we've already created content but now we want to repurpose that content we want to take what's already been done we want to maximize it and we want to be able to create new pieces of content from within it and you have some steps three easy steps to help us understand better the repurposing of your existing content. So let's dive into that. What is your first step for entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, online entrepreneurs who want to do this repurposing? Okay, so first off, grab an article or a book. So I tend to start this process of learning this process with written content. So I find that's the easiest place to start. 
I'm now going to add a layer of weird into that and I'm going to preface by saying do you remember in the 90s there was those stereogram images or that you used to be able to buy that were the 3D versions and you used to stare at them and something different would jump off the page some remember those so that process of where you unfocused your eyes or looked past what's there is what I mean when I say the first process is scanning so we're not reading the article we're not reading the book we're actually just going to scan the pages and by scanning it and not overly focusing on the words you're actually wanting to see what jumps off the page and the reason we want to see what jumps off the page is because then you're going to create from a more inspired space and you're going to be in an inspired state versus trying to do something methodically because the extraction process and content repurposing if you try to do it too methodical too soon until you've learned the practice of it you'll get bored with it really quick and frustrated so the tip is get your piece of content and scan it to see what jumps off the page often that starts by looking at the index page of a book and seeing which chapters jump off the page first and starting with those chapters first not starting from chapter one chapter two chapter three start with the chapters that jump off the page because instinctively and often intuitively that's exactly what our audience is needing right now because that's why it's jumped off the page does that make sense yeah Mm. so in this context of the written content and say using the index or even going through chapters in and of themselves within a book you're recommending just scanning through it as opposed to actually doing full-on curation of quotes or pulling quotes which is different yeah. than what i would have expected exactly so my favorite tool is either a highlighter or a pencil and i literally go through it and just see what jumps off the page and i do underline it And usually in and around that key phrase or that key word that's jumped off is the relevant sentence or story. So it's just helping you highlight things very quickly. And often you'll find when you've done it a few times that there's often a gold nugget of a sentence at the end of a paragraph or at the end of a chapter because you're recapping what you've actually shared. And it's those recapping moments and those little golden nuggets of teachable moments or tips that are often at the end of something or at the end of a paragraph in the thing. And by scanning it, that's actually what comes to the surface. I love that. And so when it comes to the second step to repurposing content, where do we start? Now, this is where it adds on perfectly to where you've said, because we've scanned through it, we've highlighted, we've seen keywords, we've seen phrases. Now we're going to look at the extraction process, which is, okay, what can we extract from what I just highlighted? Is there a sentence near or around it? Is that the sentence? So now we actually go through and pull those elements off. I often cop- I work with PDF, etc. sometimes as well, or Uh, whatnot and I pop it into an Excel spreadsheet so I'm seeing what I'm capturing that gives you the volume of work that you've got and then of course based on the strategy and the priority we work out which of that content is actually going to go through to the creation stage so the extraction stage is again not prejudging what's there it's just extracting everything that you found the teachable moments the stories the quotes the rants the phrases that we say all the time that our audience know we say that we often don't know we say those sorts of things putting it all onto a document so you can actually see for the first time in a lot of cases the absolute gold that you have in your own intellectual property 
you're re-seeing it with fresh eyes for the first time. And again, this gives you encouragement and puts you into that inspired space again. And in that extraction phase, that is not the time, my guess is, it's not the time to start being critical of yourself. Absolutely. This is the time to just look at it for what it is and extract those golden nuggets that are already published. Correct. And they are already published, so they're already significant. They're all ready to serve your audience. It's just about collating them so you can pull them all out. And for the first time, so many clients have spent so much effort and time creating an article or writing a book or doing a blog or a video, whatever it is. They've put their lifeblood into it and they've moved on. They've got bored with it already. But when you see it in this manner, you actually see it with fresh eyes and you can actually appreciate it for what it really is. And that in itself is a gift because you're seeing it again, how your clients can consume it and how they'll see it. So I find that when clients have got into the practice of this, it actually really helps them feel excited about what they're doing and how they're serving their audience again. Yeah, Yeah. seeing it through fresh eyes is always a great perspective. And so that brings us to the third step. What do we do here? what we do here this is the creation step now I do have a slightly bossy streak so I do suggest a little teeny step just before that and we use and suggest Canva Pro most people that I work with these days have all experienced Canva which is where we create the graphics and we turn this these little snippets of written context into visually stunning graphic tiles and we use Canva for that so where I suggest here again just to keep this inspired state so you don't end up down a rabbit warren again is to actually create some templates based on your brand based on your essence create some templates that are ready for you to drop in this content that you've extracted and also another tip would be to find appropriate emotive images in advance before you start trying to create so set yourself up for success in this creation phase as well by setting up some templates for your tiles as well as finding some emotive images that you can use on these tiles because they help to position the viewer and then start going into the creating by adding these phrases over the top etc sally when you refer to tiles are you meaning graphics is that yeah. is that your expression for okay yeah in north america yeah. we probably i don't know that we talk about them in terms of tiles but maybe for those who are listening from other parts we're talking about graphics that you would create within the canva tool itself so yeah, the so actual if- artwork the artwork or the content would be built there Absolutely. So if you think in very old fashioned terms, if you think of it's a postcard in the easiest or a meme, some people call them as well, we're creating those graphic tiles. And I use the term tile because depending on the platform, it depends on the size and the shape and all those sorts of things that people may repurpose it into. But a graphic tile is literally a beautiful postcard or image that you've created with your content on it. Yeah. I've been using Canva Pro for longer than I know, and it's essential. I mean, that's just the long and short of it, it is essential to, I think, an entrepreneur to have Canva and especially the pro level. I mean, it's so affordable. You can create Mm. so much with it. It's fantastic. I love the idea of creating those templates. I've done that myself. I continue to do that. 
And the great thing about it is that they're repurposing from the sizing perspective. So if you have, let's say a graphic tile, it's in square format, but you can expand that to different sizes and reshape it, re resize it. And yeah, I mean, I can't say enough about Canva Pro. I'm a big fan myself. So yeah. number one is looking at your scanning and highlighting your written content. Number two is extracting that different phrases or different turns of phrase and things along that line. And then the third is using Canva Pro to start creating those Ooh. graphic tiles within the tool. Yeah, very, very much so. And it really is as simple as that. It absolutely is as simple as that. But as humans, we overcomplicate it. So my next tip would be not to overcomplicate it. It is literally just scan, extract without judgment, and then create, but set yourself up for success by creating those templates and having some imagery already sorted. Otherwise you get distracted with images and you don't actually create the tiles that you're looking to create. So it's all about speed and efficiency with some of yeah. those tips. As well. And you also mentioned about imagery and making sure that you have emotive imagery in advance. Do you like the photography and the images that we can get and access within Canva Pro, or do you recommend going to an outside source and maybe even paying for some emotive photography that you could then import into the tool? I'm going to suggest a bit of both. So I think if you're, if there's images that you've often used on your website, we've often paid for those or images that you have actually paid for, if they really are solid to your brand essence, then I would absolutely be utilizing those or parts of those in your Canva designs. But if you don't have many of those and when you get into the production of producing, repurposing your content, you actually do want a really relatively large library of these images. Mm -hmm. There is so many on Canva and up in the little URL, you can actually search for. So if I want, you know, couple, 50 year old couples arguing, I actually type that into Canva and I'll find 50 year old couples arguing. So you can use the search That's function within and you can find exactly what you want. That's where when you're trying to do create tiles in a hurry, if you've done that in advance, you won't get excited by all of the possibilities of the images that are there. And there are huge, huge fan of Canva. I don't know where we've been without it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a phenomenal tool. When I'm really, I love what you're doing and the idea of starting with, again, the written word, obviously this is fantastic. If you're an author, leverage your book. You've already put your life's work into that tome, into that work, into that book. So why yeah. not take that and let that be a starting point, which is really aligned to what you've shared with us today. Yeah. Sally, tell us a little bit more about where people can learn about the work that you do. And it actually is fantastic for authors. Yeah, very much so. So what I've created is this ebook, Three Easy Steps to Turning Your Book into Two Years Worth of Content. And I say that quickly, but the reality of it is we do turn the average book into 200 and 300 tiles for our clients and e-newsers. And so there really is massive opportunities sitting in your books, again, when you see it with fresh eyes. So what I've done here is created a more extensive version of the three steps. So outlining all of the weirdness of how you go about scanning, what the <laughs> steps are. I've got some demonstrations of how you go about creating tiles, what templates 
templates look like, the extraction process and all of those little tips in there and how you get yourself out of your own way when you get stuck along the way if that's the case. And that ebook will also go into a little mini training scenario as to how to sort and store your content prior to doing the different extraction processes. So that'll keep people well and truly out of mischief for a while and give them the opportunity to really create some repurposed content that is the life by the blood of their business that demonstrates their inner genius and how they serve their audiences very, very well. I would love to also know, Sally, what is something that you find that is really working for you in terms of marketing yourself and the work that you do? What is something that's really you find working for you right now and part of our stop marketing like it's 1999 feature? Feature, yeah, absolutely. The big tip that I were to have here that was shared, and this was shared with me by a coach about eight years ago, and at the time I was sitting in a place of fear and I didn't get it, but I absolutely get it now, and that is do not be frightened to give your greatest stuff away. If you can serve your audience and help them have forward movement without you, you will be rewarded with their loyalty, their referrals, and then their business, often in that order. So give your greatest stuff away. People will love you for it and they'll talk about you. I love it. And I agree 100%. So many people hold their cards close to the vest. And if you were just willing and wanting to be more of service and kind of give before you ask for anything in return, which is one of the tenets of what we do with Profitable Podcasting, it works because it's just reciprocity in action. And I think it yeah. works really well. We'd love to be able to direct people over to get your free ebook, yeah. the three steps to turn your book into two years of worth of content, which is fascinating. And I think very useful, especially for those who are authors or aspiring authors to even have knowledge that something like that exists. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, The process works exactly the same with articles and transcriptions from videos. So as long as you've got it in that sort of written context, however the content originated, that book will actually help them have forward movement with those steps uh, to repurpose whatever their content is. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Sally, this is great. I really love these tips. Thank you for coming on the show today and sharing them with our audience and we really appreciate you taking the time all the way from Adelaide, Australia today. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. This podcast features curated audio originating from live video interviews simulcast on social media. You can catch full video episodes at Cheryl Plouffe and on my YouTube channel. To learn how we can help you use video to grow your business, visit CherylPluff.com. Remember, you can send us a voicemail question or suggestion for inclusion in the show from our main podcast page. Cash In On Camera is a production of Cheryl Pluff Media.